everybody all over the world if you are looking to get your voice heard on the midgard musings podcast you have the option to call in leave a voicemail and be featured on the podcast so all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in you need to dial one to reach the united states area code 615-671-9832 is the hotline number just call in leave your voicemail there and i will review it and i would love to feature your message here on a future midgard musings podcast episode really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform so again that number is 615-671-9832 it is a local united states domestic number so if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the u.s dial one uh for the u.s 615-671-9832 go ahead and call into the podcast leave your message there I am looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so very much for supporting what I do here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on Midgard Musings. All right, everybody. Hail and welcome back to another episode of Random Heathen Ramblings. My name is Jesse. Thank you for listening to Midgard Musings on your podcast platform today or tonight or this morning or wherever it is, whatever time it is in Midgard for you. It is. For me, the 17th of March, 2021, and that means it is what most people around at least the United States acknowledge and probably other parts of the world, St. Patrick's Day. And you guessed it, I'm going to be talking a bit about that holiday um, and the meaning of it to me and, and the way I kind of uh, look at it, and as well as some uh, maybe little known facts or little known tidbits about the legend of this St. Patrick, okay? So that's going to be some of what today's episode is about. I hope you stick around uh, and listen to it for the duration. Should be a fun one. In the meantime, take a listen to what I've got to show you right now, and we'll be right back to continue with the episode. Hey, everybody. Do you guys enjoy what I do here on the podcast, and do you enjoy listening and watching to what I do on YouTube as well? Maybe you're trying to think of a way to help support these projects and content that I release, well, I'm going to give you one idea to think about, and that is Patreon. I'm not sure if you realize it, but Midgard Musings is available to become a patron uh, to on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings, and you can help support what I do here on the podcast and across my other social media platforms for just as little as a dollar a month if you so choose, right? So if everybody who's listening and watching what I do pledge just one dollar a month, that would help tremendously. There are other tier levels of support that you can choose on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings and see what fits you over there. As always, thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, everybody. Well, here we are, like I said, on March 17th, 2021, St. Patrick's Day. Now, a lot of you may be wondering, well, what is this heathen podcast doing discussing this this cultural holiday that tends to um, get a lot of focus on uh, a figure in uh, Irish culture who 
did a lot to destroy the indigenous religious cultures of the Irish at the time, the Celts at the time. Um, so I did want to go over just a few interesting bits about this, uh, this, this guy, this, this figure, right? Um, and maybe share some things that you may or may not have known. Um, a lot of this stuff is going to be information that I've found uh, from uh, what I've at least found to be reliable sources. You guys listening out there may know a bit more about it than I do. I've not, you know, I'm not, I'm not an Irish medieval uh, or medieval Irish uh, historian by any means, but a lot of the information that I'm looking at comes from people who are or that have that scholarly uh, academia um, credentials. Okay. Um, so I am a pagan. You guys already know that I'm a Norse pagan specifically, but I also have plenty of Irish ancestry. Um, part of my ancestors were from Ireland and, and, uh, England and, and a lot of places like, you know, over in, uh, in Europe, Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, England, Germany, um, uh, I'm Dutch, you know, um, all kinds of stuff. So anyway, the, the I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the the relevancy of why I'm mentioning that. But as a, as as someone with Irish uh, of Irish descent, you know, I feel like it's um it's worth taking the time to understand a bit about what the real um what the real deal is about this uh, this figure because you know you see a lot of um. Uh, over romanticized images of uh, of this guy Saint Patrick, you know, and it's and it's a pretty big day um, for a lot of people around the world. Specifically, I know at least in the United States, you know, it's a day of partying, parades, lots of drinking, eating, um, a quote unquote celebration of Irish culture. Um, but there's also a lot of uh, hoopla, you know what I mean? You got um, you you got this picture of this guy. Um, wearing, you know, green, green cards. Uh, he's like an aged bearded bishop looking guy in like big robes flowing or, or, you know, flowing robes, holding a, a bishop's staff, glaring at a coil of snakes, right? Because the, one of the biggest legends of, of, of this guy is that he quote unquote drove the snakes out of Ireland. Um, and I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast may be like, well, the snakes were a metaphor, you know, for the pagans at the time, um, the Druids, the, the, the indigenous pagan uh, religion of the Celts at the time, around the 5th century. Um, and so I, I got to thinking, I'm like, well, let's let's talk a bit about that and let's talk about the pagan approach or the pagan view of things, at least my this pagan, you know, my, my view of this particular day. Or, or, am I celebrating... A day of, of of a figure who allegedly ended or tried to convert um, a population uh, over to Christianity from the from the pagan religion at the time. Uh, was there more to it? Um, and there and there is definitely more to it as we get into it. One of the things that I've seen going around um, is this perception that um, I don't know. What, where it's coming from or why, but there's like this perception of the, uh, 
of, of this guy like violently killing pagans all over Ireland. Like he was just going across and just like slicing people down, you know, slicing in, innocent people people down. But um, <laughs> it's not like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be reading to you guys some points, um, some things that you may have not known about St. Patrick who is not even Irish, to be honest with you. Uh, so there's going to be some, you know, so 10 points. Number one being, of course, that Patrick was not Irish. He was born around 450 AD, uh, just around the time when Roman troops withdrew from uh, Britain. Um, and I believe he was born, um, the name that he was born was like Maywin Sutuk or something like that. I want to look at it here right quick. Hang on just a second. I'm going to find it. Yeah. Uh, suck Sucket. Yeah. Maywin Sucket. Sucat. Maywin Sucat. I'm pronouncing that correctly. But anyway, he was a Roman Brit. Okay. Um, as it states, his father was allegedly a gentleman and a Christian deacon who owned a small estate in the place of... Uh, Bonavin Tiburnier. I don't know. I don't speak that language. It's very difficult to pronounce some of these words with the letters the way they have them. But anyway, um, he was definitely not Irish of Irish descent. He was Roman or Roman Brit. Um, not really sure where this uh, Bonavin Tiburnier is. It's probably at least speculated that it's on the west coast near Bristol. Um, which is near the southern border of what is now modern-day Wales and England, okay? That's number one. Patrick was an Irish. You may have already known that, um, but that's confirming it. Next is that he was enslaved at a young age, I think around the age of 16. Irish slave traders, okay, sailed the waters off that same south border coast, uh, or sorry, the west coast of the southern border. Um, Irish slave traders sailed... Uh, the waters off of that coast and one day they came ashore to capture um patrick and some of his colleagues and, and stuff like that and sell them back in ireland and patrick spent uh six years tending sheep uh in the west of ireland under some very very harsh conditions he was not um treated well he was isolated um poorly clothed for the harsh winters um, and he had to tend to the sheep and, and swine for, like I said, um, the six years. The, the chieftain of Ireland that he was sold to was named um, Milieu Mil, of Antrim. Milieu, I think is the name. It, it, you might pronounce it differently from different parts of the world, but it's uh, Milieu. Um, was an Irish chieftain that he was sold to. So it's interesting, first of all, that the fact that... Uh, you know, these were most likely pagans, raiders, okay, um, slave traders. These were these were probably some ill-to-do uh, individuals, much like what we may read about or hear about um, the Norsemen of uh, you know northern Europe and Scandinavia, who were raiders themselves. They they raided and invaded places and 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 captured people and sold them as slaves. So um, very something very similar for the time of of the way society kind of operated uh, so for six years this this teenager you know till he was in his early 20s uh spent you know mucking stalls and, and and living pretty poorly 
next thing is that, you know, this guy, Patrick, he was hearing things. He was hearing voices. And you could say that maybe he was going delirious. Maybe he was losing his mind a little bit. Maybe he was, uh, wasn't able to keep track of all of his marbles. Maybe all of his crayons weren't in the box. You know, maybe all the lights, uh, maybe the lights were on, but nobody, there was nobody upstairs. So while he was out there, you know, chasing sheep on the hills, allegedly, Patrick is said to have prayed and, and, and stuff, you know, hundreds of times a day in all kinds of weather, just, you know, asking for some sort of deliverance or whatever. And then apparently they say that it paid off. And that one night a mysterious voice called him saying, look, your ship is ready. And then now Patrick knew that he wasn't hearing uh, sheep and, and, and the time was right for his rescue. Now, other sources that I read say that, you know, the answers that came to him in the form of a vision that he says that, that his vision or that this voice told him to flee to the coast where a ship would be waiting. So Patrick allegedly then um, broke away from his um, enslavement and traveled through a roughly 185 miles of wilderness to the shoreline. So there's some conflicting information here. I don't. I'm not 100% sure which it is, but either way, he finds this ship that um, takes him back home to wherever he's from, right? Gets him out of Ireland. Now, the next part is kind of funny. Patrick refuses to suck a man's breasts. Now, this is kind of a funny story. So I guess when, when Patrick makes, makes his way to the coast to find this ship that is bound for Britain, wherever he's from, the captain of the ship, who was a pagan, um, didn't like the look of, of, of Patrick and demanded that he, quote, suck his breasts, which allegedly at the time was a ritual gesture symbolizing acceptance of the captain's authority, to which Patrick, of course, refused. Now, uh, it's uh, it said that instead of you know doing that he he refused and then tries to convert the crew to to Christianity. Again, the guy's been in Ireland all this time. I don't know where he learned all of that. Um, maybe from his childhood or from his youth. But um, regardless, somehow or another, for for some reason, um, the captain of the ship allows him on board and allows him to to uh, to get back to Britain. Now, Patrick's visions, um, again, not saying specifically when one night dreams that uh, Satan tested his faith of Christianity by dropping an enormous rock on him. And he lays whatever crushed by its weight until dawn broke when he calls out Helios, Helios, which is the name of a Greek sun god. So why is a Briton, a Roman Brit, uh, calling out? For this, for for the safety of the sun god of, of Greece is 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 an interesting twist. Um, anyways, allegedly the rocks magically disappear. Patrick takes this as some kind of epiphany, and later writes that he believed that he was helped by Christ the Lord, not Helios, but Christ the Lord. A little bit different, a little bit of a different twist there, you know. Um, but apparently, this this vision is is what really prompted. Uh, uh, Patrick to train for his priesthood and, and really take on this whole role, right? So he travels he travels to Gaul, where after many years of study, he was ordained by a bishop, St. Germanus, um, and then taken 
um, or sent to take the the gospel, as it were, right, the, the the gospel of Jesus Christ over to Ireland, and he arrives in Slane on the 25th of March, 433 A.D., and begins his mission. Um, the next interesting part of this list is that Patrick does something, quote, unmentionable. Now, some years into his mission, um, someone it, it allegedly told a dirty secret about Patrick to his fellow bishops. They brought up something against him 30 years some, uh, that he had already confessed, according to Patrick's writing. Uh, something I had done one day rather than one hour when I was young. Now, we don't know what he did. You know, was he committing, you know, pagan worship of idols, uh, engaging in forbidden sexual activities? Was he taking gifts from converts? I don't know. Nobody knows. Make it up. Whatever it was, um, Patrick in this time uh, kind of retrospectively understood that his uh, – his, his, under, he understood his, his zealous Irish mission to be penance for his youthful sins. Right? So while he's spreading Christianity around, the, around Ireland, he was often beaten, put into chains and extorted, um, and just overall just like, we hate you, dude. Um, and he writes that every day there is a chance that I will be killed or, or surrounded or taken into slavery. So this doesn't sound like a guy who was very violent. If anything, he was passive um to the point of just letting uh misdeeds and stuff befall him um now his goal of seeing that the, the the irish pagans converted of course wouldn't have set well with the locals right um it is recorded in the annals of the kingdom of ireland that patrick was temporarily imprisoned and and several attempts were made uh, on his life and that he took to carrying a dagger. Now, again, the use of that item, you know, did he do it or not? Uh, who knows? Uh, did he do anything with the dagger? I mean, who knows? Um, there's no actual record of him um, performing violence against anybody, you know, uh, any of the druids or any of the pagans at the time. He's trying to convert them. He's not trying to kill them. So eventually it's said um, that he found a way to convert the Irish pagans without violence, as well as working to build alliances with local leaders and chieftains and, and, and doing things to sort of popularize the faith by you know, harnessing this knowledge that he had gained um, of the of, of not just the native language and culture and religion at the time of, of his slavery, um, and, and using that to kind of merge Irish lore and, and celebrations with Christianity. Very, very popular theme. We see this example um, in you know, um, Norse uh, paganism and the, and the Christianity conversion that took place um, during, before and during and uh, Viking Age. Right, so it said that he moved early dates of, of uh, or sorry, he moved that he moved dates of early Christian celebrations to dates that were sacred to the pagans at the time. Probably talking about things like solstice celebrations, you know, Easter, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, probably, and, and he, he was doing this in a way to make it easier um, 
and and make the uh, the connection more easily assimilate, assimilated, right? One 18th century historian accounts that um, or records that Patrick used the shamrock to explain the Holy Trinity idea, right? The Christian Holy Trinity uh, thing to uh, to the pagans. Um, but I'm but but there is there's probably some some argument to be said with that. One of the other things that's interesting here is that Patrick is said that Patrick dueled with Druids. Now this right here is pure legend. There's absolutely no historical like this could possibly be, you know, accurate, right? So two centuries after Patrick's death, the Irish wanted more exciting stories of his life um, than 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 what it actually was, right? They they romanticized him, they patronized him, of course. Um, one legend written around 700 A.D. describes Patrick's contest with native Druids. Um, that uh, the Druids insulted Patrick, and he, then he tries to poison them, and then they engaged in magical duels, kind of like something that you would hear out of, like, you know, Hogwarts, out of Harry Potter or something. Like, they're over there, like, casting spells and lightning bolts from their wands, and it's not Leviosa, it's Leviosa kind of stuff. Um, you know, manipulate the weather, destroy each other's sacred books, and, and, and all kinds of craziness. Uh, it, one Druid dares to blaspheme christian god and then patrick sends the druid flying into the air and the man drops to the ground and breaks his skull or whatever all a bunch of hoo hockey it's it's silly it's ridiculous another funny legend is that um patrick made god promise something and then it says that a legend from around that same time around that 780 times tells how patrick he fasted for 40 days atop a mountain um weeping and and, and throwing things and, and basically having a conniption fit um i you know what if i look i'm on this cleanse diet or whatever and i eat very little nowadays and if i weren't eating for 40 days i'd be crying and throwing things too um but it said it is said that he was refusing to descend the mountain until an angel came on god's behalf to grant him um outrageous demands whatever those were uh oh sorry so those those some of those demands included that Patrick would redeem more souls from hell than any other saint, and that Patrick, rather than God, would judge Irish sinners at the end of time, and that the English would never rule Ireland. Um, we obviously know how that last one worked out. Maybe God will keep the other two promises. Who the hell knows? <laughs> but the interesting thing I mentioned earlier before, right, about how there's this alleged... Um, uh, idea that the shamrock was used to help teach the pagans at the time this uh, holy trinity concept um, there is actually no early patrician stories that feature the shamrock or any Irish shamrock as, it, as, as I believe it's called it is a word for the common clover which is just a small plant with three leaves and um you know the shamrock connection with him and uh, and, and this uh, uh, item, the, the shamrock connection with Patrick, was only first mentioned in a print by an English visitor to Ireland in around 1684. Um, at that time, he, it was written on uh, St. Patrick's feast day that quote the vulgar superstitiously wear uh, shamrocks, three-leaved grass, which they likewise eat. They say to cause a sweet breath. The Englishman also noticed that there were very few the zealous that were found sober at night so 
prior to that time prior to this re recording there is no uh there, there's no documentation that supports this you know here's a shamrock here's, you know let me tell you about the, the holy trinity and then the last popular myth that we're going to debunk or, or, or talk a bit about is that patrick did not drive snakes out of ireland now you may already have known this. This this is one's a pretty common one, um, but there were no snakes in 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 that era uh, that existed on on Ireland on the island. Reptiles never made it across the land bridge that prehistorically linked the island to the European continent. So this whole idea of driving snakes out of Ireland again is is per perhaps a metaphor for Patrick converting the native druids and, and stuff from paganism to, to Christianity. Um, it's also likely that this idea of driving snakes out of Ireland is, is, is a miracle that was plagiarized by some other saint's life that eventually was added to, to Patrick's repertoire to make him a bit more um, high-end and make him one of Ireland's patron saints, um, to which he still is. Now, Noting uh, from the uh, Annals of the Kingdom of Ireland, as I mentioned uh, earlier, that uh, there, it is said in this, uh, in this document that nothing is clearer than that Patrick engrafted Christianity on the pagan superstitions with so much skill that he won the people over to Christian religion before they understood the exact differences between the two systems of belief. He was that slick of a guy, right? Add a little bit of Christianity here, toss in a little bit of you know, God, Christian, Jesus, everything there, change a few names around, boom, next thing you know, everybody's being all Christian. Everybody's churching it up in Ireland in the 5th century or 6th century around that time, right? Everybody's churching it up, and they don't care. So I don't know where the idea came around that, you know, Patrick was killing pagans, and and and, and people get mad almost nowadays. Like, I see, uh, play, you know, stuff like, I'm not celebrating this, because of all the all my ancestors that were killed um, during uh, during that during that time, like what are you talking about? Probably your 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 pagan ancestors at the time were probably just eating up the Christianity line like it was nothing because they they didn't know any better, and it was so subtle and it was so slick that everybody just kind of went along with it. Now the majority went along with it, right? Um, Patrick established the first church in, in, in Northern Ireland, a place called Saul. He planted more and more churches as he crisscrossed his way through Ireland. And the annals of the kingdom of Ireland record that. It says that it was by him that many cells, monasteries, and churches were erected throughout Ireland. 700 churches, this guy is responsible for establishing. And it was by him that bishops, priests, and persons of every dignity were ordained. You know, he had 700 bishops, 3,000 priests in just a few decades. Right. It, it took it took Patrick just a few decades to convert all of Ireland to Christianity. And it was done peacefully without the sword. There were no violent conversions. Very, very similar to the way um, we know and understand what happened in northern Europe and Scandinavia. 
You know, everybody thinks, oh, the pagans were forced into conversion. There was some of that, but not really, man. There was it was done amicably. They they figured out ways to just okay, you know, we gotta have mutual agreement on things. We need to live amicably for trading and merchants and, and you know all the type of stuff that re- that was required for society to to function well at the time. So you know, going to this you know getting baptized or or, or taking on a you know changing the name of a holiday to something else and then giving a gift to a different god or doing this thing whatever all those nuances that eventually just took over initially at first seemed like minor changes so it was very very subtle and it was and it was peaceful and it took a while it wasn't like all of a sudden here comes patrick with the flaming sword and he's just wiping out druids left and right like it's you know like it's like it's like it's a leonidas in in, in the 300 you know and he's and he's just laying down persians left and right no no you know you want to get you know you get mad about the fact that hey hey patrick you missed one i've seen graphics on like that online saying that hey i'm still a pagan you missed one like dude first of all this happened so long ago you probably weren't even a a, a speck on the or a blip on the map when it came to when it, when it came to anything you know you just so happen to be in the right sperm to get here um all these centuries later, but uh, <laughs> you know, you want to uh, you want to get upset and mad about something that didn't even happen, like it didn't even happen that way, you know. It's like this this whole snakes thing. It, it just gets me, you know. Like there were no snakes, you know, driving the pagans out of Ireland. It was this. I think it's symbolical more than anything that he cast out the old religion and brought in a new one. And it was peaceful. Like I said, for the most part, it was peaceful. There was a, it was a amicable transition uh, to the faith. So what I'm going to talk about after break is my views on this whole thing. Now that we know a bit more about it and kind of, what I what I observe this holiday, or if I observe this, how I observe this quote unquote holiday, um, and what I observe it for. So we'll talk more about that right after the break. Stick around, don't go nowhere. Hey everybody, did you know that Midgard Musings has apparel for both men and women, and even children, children and infants. Not going to lie, it's pretty cool. Uh, Midgard Musings Apparel is available on Teespring. Teespring offers awesome quality uh, merchandise. I own one myself. I actually bought my own merchandise. you got t-shirts. You've got hoodies, um, you know, bathing suits, uh, and all other kinds of things, too, not just apparel. Um, Cell phone cases, tote bags, masks, right, because of this whole pandemic thing. So... You go and search for Midgard Musings Teespring in your web browser, you will find a link to the Midgard Musings store. Pay attention now because the URL is a bit wacky. It is midgard-musings-store.myteespring.co. All right, but it's easier if you were to just go to Google and search for Midgard Musings Teespring Apparel. Um, take a look and see what you got. Like I said, we've got sweatshirts t-shirts tank tops hoodies phone cases tote bags onesies for infants coffee mugs 
um, all kinds of neat stuff. So head on over to Teespring. Find your Midgard Musings apparel over there. It does help support the channel monetarily. So take a look and see if there's anything over there that you like. We've got all kinds of sizes and colors for men, women, children, and even infants. So the holidays are coming up, and these make great gifts for your loved ones. So go ahead and check out Midgard Musings apparel on Teespring and let us know what you think. Thanks. All right, folks, welcome back from after the break. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast thus far. Not quite such a random rambling after all, right? I mean, that first segment going over uh, old Maywin Sucket, Sakat, Maywin. You know, how do you go from having a name like Maywin to Patrick anyway? I'm sure there's something historical about why he chose that, but man, oh man. You know? And I guess I could see why the guy wanted to like go back and try to convert everybody because look at the crap that he had to go through for six years. You know, he was enslaved, didn't get didn't get treated well at a young age. You know, was in in there having to, you know, hang out with the sheep and the pigs and everything like that, living like a bum. You know, not treated very well. He, so he's probably thinking, I need to go back there and and and, and bring some culture to these people, man bring God up in their lives or whatever. You know, church these people up. They've been paganing it up. They've been heat they've been paganing it up for so long. It's time to church them up. And uh I guess that was his intent and that was his idea. But uh anyway, let's talk a bit now. I was going to um talk a bit about um this whole this whole holiday thing and kind of where I see it fit for me and my pagan practices, you know? So how does that even happen? How does that fall into, how does that fall into the mix? You know? Um, well, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I am of Irish descent. My great grandmother's maiden name was Mulligan. Um, I don't know much about that side of the family, to be honest. That's pretty much all I know. And, and if I was to do more research on Mulligan, then uh, I could maybe tell you a little bit more. That might be off for another podcast. But And that's on my father's side. So it was my father's grandmother, May uh, Mulligan. And uh, so I have ancestry that goes back to Ireland. And at some point down the line, I'm sure that ancestors were a part of this whole debacle, this whole St. Patrick conversion to the, uh, whatever period. And they were probably pagan. I mean, if they, if it was all of Ireland that got converted, converted to Christianity, they were, they were most definitely pagan who converted to Christianity and who moved into that trend and transition into that way of life. So I have ancestors that, you know, culturally speaking, celebrate this as well or that celebrated this i don't think it got as big uh of attention um overseas as it did in the united states i think you know in the united states saint patrick's day has been a big deal since like before the revolutionary war um and i don't think it picked up that much popularity in ireland until like the last century or so but um 
you know, but so what does that mean to me as a pagan myself, you know? Ancestor veneration is a big part of my pagan practices. I believe that our ancestors have the most interest in our day-to-day lives, that um, whenever we seek to um, get some help with things or whether we are, you know, going through a hard time or we want to celebrate good times, that we that we gift and we give thanks and we and we honor our ancestors more on a regular basis than we do the gods and goddesses. At least that's my approach. You know, I feel like the gods and the goddesses are, are there to venerate and, to, and to, to honor and to worship in their own way, in a certain way. But every day, day-to-day activities, that sort of thing, day-to-day practices, I feel is more in line with, um, for, for, you know, focusing on our ancestors. And so I kind of look at today as a sort of day of remembrance, an added day. Now, do I have to do anything? Um, am I, you know, doing things uh, every day anyway, of course, um, but today specifically, you know, it's like an added day of to be like, yeah, you guys went through this. You all went through something at some point in time. I never would have known you, never obviously met you, but somewhere along the line, you know, your deeds, your actions led to led you to places and, and, and to do things, and it's the reason why I'm here. The reason why my great grandmother Mulligan, May Mulligan, uh, came into being is from her Irish ancestors and, and all that, all down down the line. So there's there's a connection there, and so you know, um, you know, culturally speaking, it's um, there, there, there's a tie, there's an ancestral tie that I feel to this whole day and then the remembrance of it. Do I give a special acknowledgement to this Patrick guy, this Maywin Sukkot? guy no you know um i think he was a bit of a loony you know hearing voices you know um calling out helios's name uh for some sort of you know if satan or whatever it was that he felt was he was probably having a panic attack you know what i mean <laughs> he felt a rock he, a rock was crushing him, whatever the dude was probably hallucinating or whatever not eating for 40 days probably seeing things hearing things lost his mind and says, yeah, it's God that spoke to me, you know, whatever. Who knows? I wasn't there. But all I'm saying is I think the guy was a bit of a kook. He was a smart kook now. I mean, he 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 got an entire country to convert to Christianity in just a few decades. Um, so that either says a lot about his wit and his wiles, or it says not so much about the, the, the people of Ireland. that They just fell for it and went with it. Maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Wasn't there. All I'm saying is that there's no reason to get bad out of shape about it now. I mean, it is what it is, and it happened, and it happened pretty amicably. So what I do is I, you know, as, as I do regularly without needing to have some sort of holiday tell me to do it or remind me of it, you know, um, is honor my ancestors and, and you know, uh, you know, gift to them in, in, in honor of their memory, you know, for having gone through these things, for having experienced these things, for having endured the hardships and stuff of life and having survived through it through it all you know was it terribly oppressive for them at the time probably not like i said they probably just peacefully went through the whole thing they were they were oh wow cool he's doing this he's just calling it something different yeah sure why not i'll do that no harm no foul um i mean who really knows ultimately how it was um there's plenty of information that we were that I was reading from before, which I'll again try to 
um, link in the in the show notes of this episode for you guys to check out yourselves should you should you so choose. Um, but all I'm saying is, for me as a, as a, as a Norse pagan uh, who's big on ancestor veneration, that today is just like almost any other day that I'm going to honor my ancestors and maybe and just you know give a little bit extra and give a little bit more and thank them for you know everything they've done to kind of help get me here um, and add to the well um, to my family's Orlog or Orle as it's sometimes referred to. So I don't know guys. I think, I think this, uh, this gets, this gets this kind of attention from pagans uh, in, in many different forms of, of paganism, you know, not just, uh, of course my focus is Norse paganism, but uh, it's Celtic paganism. There's all different kinds of, of, of polytheistic beliefs um, but I am I am a Germanic pagan I am a I, I follow that line of things you know so did this event was this that impactful to, to, to me to, to think about not particularly but I hear about it all the time and I see all this stuff and I go you know what guys it's just another day you know so what maybe you go out and you have some fun and, and have fellowship with your with your friends and your fellow pagans and, and, and family or whatever, you get some really good food. Cause let's face it, corned beef and cabbage and potatoes. Come on now. I'm salivating. Just thinking about it. My mom and my dad are having it for dinner tonight and, um, sending me pictures. And I'm like, you guys know I'm still on this cleanse, right? I'm on this, this, uh, this, uh, this diet for the next week where I can't eat and hear that. I'm like, you're torturing me over here. And they're like, Oh, sorry. Not sorry. Now, you know, so, I'm like, don't worry. I'll get my fill of it next week. I'll, I've got, I've got some corned beef in the freezer that was saved particularly for this this night, because um, I love it. My wife doesn't. She's like, you can eat it all if you want. I'm like, well, don't tempt me because I just might. <laughs> but uh, you know, so it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be there for me next week, just like it's been there waiting for me up to now. Um, but yeah. That's uh that's kind of my take on this whole thing. So it's just another day uh, that I'm gonna be you know, that I've been doing just the same thing as I've always done, um, just honoring my ancestors through my deeds, uh, honoring their memory, and it's kind of cool now that we get to speak about one of my ancestors, my great great grandmother on my father's side, you know. So in this way, and publicly, sort of, you guys get to uh, experience. Um, a little bit of what I'm talking about. Not saying that this is the end of it or that this is all of it, but it's some of it. You know, that's how we that's how we honor our ancestors is speaking their names and honoring their memory. And now I want to learn more about this ancestor of mine. You know, my great grandmother, May Mulligan, um, and find out more about that side of the family because I know so very little. You know, I know more about things. I know I know some really cool things on my that side of the family of other family members um but in terms of like family history and, and, and things like that i don't think it was really it wasn't really uh, cataloged that much you know we may know names and things i know my dad's uh, one of my dad's cousins did a lot of genealogical work um, decades ago and traced our our names and our family's names way way back um but I don't have all that information. I don't have all those details. And so there's probably a whole lot more than I'm missing out on that I hope to learn. Um, but that's that's part of it, you know. Speak your name, speak their names, 
honor their memories, remember their their deeds, um, and, and and honor their greatness. So that's what today means to me. It's really no different than pretty much any other day, especially right now when I'm on this 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 cleanse thing because I can't just oh yeah let me go get some Guinness and, and Jameson and and uh, you know get wasted or whatever. It's not my it's not my thing. Um, so anyway. That is that on on that. That is that on that. So love to hear what you guys think. You guys can always call me. Um, the episode's not over yet, not by a long shot. We still got to do our Havamal thing. Um, but you guys can always call and leave a message on the Midgard Musings hotline, which if you forgot what that number is, it's 615-671-9832. And let me know what you think about this episode or any other episode for that matter. You can also send me a voice message through the Anchor app if you're listening to this on whatever platform. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you know, Apple or Google Podcasts or any of the other multiple platforms. I put this out through Anchor. So anchor.fm on your web browser or you can download the Anchor app on your phone for free. Find my podcast on, on the Anchor app and send me a voice message. You only got a minute to say what you want to say. But if you do that or if you call in, um, either way... I will feature your audio, your voice will be featured on the next episode of the podcast. So I'd love to hear from everybody. You know, I, I say it in every episode. Um, please call in. Let me know what you think. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And then when we do that, uh, when we do come back, we're going to hit our random stanza from the Hovamal. Be right back. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. I just wanted to draw your attention to a really cool website that uh, I've come across and uh, follow on Facebook and really cool stuff for your altar needs. Anything that you need to decorate your altar with, specifically uh, wood carvings of uh, gods and goddesses. Um, and I'm talking about Odin's Beard Woodworking, okay? If you go to www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com, check out all the really cool altar pieces that they have. Not only do they have larger altar pieces that you can keep on your altar at home, but uh, they also offer really convenient, cool pocket altars, things that you can take with you as and when you travel. All right. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, Odin's Beard Woodworking, uh, and go to wood, odinsbeardwoodworking.com. Uh, really great stuff. They're doing wonderful things, um, serving the uh, heathen community, providing really awesome work. I myself have a Thor uh, altar piece. It's a Thor pocket altar, um, and he sits on my altar at all times. But he also goes with me when and as I travel uh, great distances. So definitely check them out um, on Facebook, Odin's Beard Woodworking, and go to their website, www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com, and get you something to help accentuate your altar today. Thanks, guys. Unique, one-of-a-kind, silver, pagan, heathen, and occult designs only at Maccabay. There are various Mjolnirs listed on two different Etsy shops. I'll be providing those links for you here in just a moment. And they also do custom work. And like I said, they have various pagan, occult, and other heathen-inspired religious jewelry designs 
um, and specific custom work uh, requests are welcome. You can follow Maccabay on Instagram, which is at Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs or on Facebook at Maccabay. Now to find them on Etsy, you'll go to etsy.com slash shop slash Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs. Uh, for all the socially acceptable designs. And then for more of the fun occult and adult type designs, you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash macabre hammer. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E hammer. Check them out today and let us know what you think. All right, all right. Here we are again, wrapping up the podcast with probably my favorite section um, of the episodes is the random stanza of them all selection. I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. This one wasn't so random. I actually picked this one specifically for this episode. And if you hadn't thought about it yet, and if you hadn't guessed it based off of some of the dialogue that I had um, earlier, um, talking about ancestry and, and uh honoring our ancestors and, and, and honoring their their memory, right? The things that they did. And you may have guessed that today's random stanza is going to be stanza 76. All right, this is probably one of, if not the most famous quoted, famously quoted stanzas of the Havamal. Um, and as we always, I'm going to be reading from the uh, very, you know, multiple uh, ch- uh, translations, Auden and Taylor, Hollander, uh, Bellows, um, no, actually, yeah, um, yeah, Bellows, Bray, Thorpe, and Jackson Crawford, um, and Terry, sorry, um, so we'll start with the Auden and Taylor, um, which is, says, uh, cattle die, kindred die, every man is mortal, but the good name never dies of one who has done well. The Hollander translation is cattle die and kinsmen die. Thyself eke soon wilt die, but fair fame will fade never, I ween, for him who wins it. Uh, the Thorpe translations, cattle die, kindred die, we ourselves also die, but the fair fame never dies of him who has earned it. Terry's uh, translation is cattle die, kinsmen die, one day you die yourself, but the words of praise will not perish when a man wins fair fame. Oliver Bray translation is cattle die and kinsmen die, thyself too soon must die. But one thing never, I ween, will die, the doom on each one dead. The Bray, uh, sorry, Bellows translation is... um, Cattle die, kinsmen die, and no one dies once, and so one dies one's self. But a noble man will never die if good renown one gets. And then finally, ja- uh, Jackson Crawford's translation as found in the Wanderers Hovamal. Cows die, family die, you will die the same way. But a good reputation never dies for the one who earns it well. Now, the reason I uh, 
the reason why I uh, selected this particular stanza, right, is that talking about our ancestors, you know, these are the people who are physically dead um, that have passed on that are still with us in one way or fashion or form, um, but they have passed on to another stage of their lives. We say dead, not meaning dead and gone, um, but just physically dead, physically expired. They've passed on, you know, things that are seeming to have built and last forever eventually crumble. Everything has its time. So we, as humans, we as people, um, also have that same expiration, you know? We ain't going to be here forever. Um, and just like our ancestors, we will one day, too, be our uh, ancestors to our descendants. So what happens to us, right? What? How do we remain alive in a way? That is through our deeds, through our reputations, through our renown, through our... Uh, and, and that's how memories are are breathed life into, right? We remember those deeds, we remember those things, and that reputation is what brings back that, those memories. You know, what do we have left of our ancestors from Ireland, from Scandinavia, from anywhere else in the world? What do we have left of them but their names and their stories, right? So it brings up to our minds nowadays, you know. All this that happened back in the 5th century with this whole St. Patrick thing, Maywin suck it. Suck it, Maywin. Uh, <laughs> whatever happened back then, right? This much time has gone by. It's been documented. It's a story that's been told, and we share these stories with our children, with our families, and we know these stories now. And this is so many, so many centuries later. You know, will our stories exist in centuries from now? Will our descendants talk about our deeds and, and, and hear of our stories with things like podcasts and YouTube and everything else that I do. I sure hope so. I, I sure hope that they'll be there um, for generations to come. Um, and I hope that the renown that I am building and the renown that I um, establish is, is worthy to be remembered and that my name is not forgotten and that I'm left to just, you know, kind of wander the darkness as it were. So, you know, that is, uh, that I think is a very fitting uh, close to this episode. I think it's a very fitting stanza, you know. So, as always, I hope you guys enjoy it and I want to hear what you think. So, as a reminder, you can email me at midgardmusingstn at gmail.com. You can call me on the Midgard Musings hotline. That's 615-671-9832. You can... Drop me the voice message through Anchor. Um, let me know what you think. Another very exciting thing that I want to mention before I wrap this up is that on the 19th in just two days' time, I will be having a live stream on the Midgard Musings YouTube channel. That link is also going to be in the show notes. I want everybody that's listening right now, all of you people that are listening, if you follow me on those platforms please show up to the live stream if you don't follow me on those platforms check the link tree link and make sure that you are following me on facebook twitter and youtube follow like subscribe whatever it calls you to do please do so um and at least show up you know you don't have to create an account or whatever it's, it's just your google account just please show up to the live stream on friday the 19th it's going to start at 8 p.m eastern 
7 p.m. Central. We're going to be streaming live for two hours. Three years running, ladies and gentlemen. Three years running uh, for Midgard Musings. We're going to be celebrating three years. Tomorrow is actually the three-year anniversary of Midgard Musings. Um, and we're celebrating it on the 19th since it's a Friday. So I hope to, to see and hear from everybody. Love to see our live chat uh, numbers go up into the triple digits. It's never gotten above like 20 or 40 tops, I think. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal, and I want you all to be a part of it. We're going to have a lot of special guests, including um, Nightshade from the Flatline to Beatline podcast. You guys can find him on all your streaming uh, platforms, pod, wherever you listen to your podcast. He's there. Um, also going to have Eric Shervin, Eric Word Weaver Shervin. You guys may be familiar with him from the Ravens Call on YouTube, and many, many more. Got lots of cool guests going to be appearing. We're going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, or two or three or ten, depends on what we've got to give away. We're going to be doing giveaways uh, before the night's over with that night. So it's definitely worth you guys showing up and being there uh, to be a part of it. It's a historical live stream. It's not the longest live stream in, 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 in record for Midgard Musings, but it's definitely going to be the, one of the most memorable ones. So I would love for you all to be a part of it. So please make sure that you check the show notes of this episode for that link to join the live stream. Okay. Um, and again, it's going to be starting at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So I appreciate everyone's support. Please be sure to upvote or favorite this podcast episode if you like it. It helps the platform, you know, grow and, and, and get more people listening. So your participation and involvement is greatly appreciated. Don't forget to check out my link tree that's in the show notes as well. And be sure to follow, like, subscribe and support Midgard Musings in any way that you are able to. It is always greatly appreciated. So until we talk again, hopefully I'll see you guys on the live stream this Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Until the next episode, hail. May your, farth, may your hearth fires. Oh, man, it's been a long night. May your hearth fires continue to burn bright.